It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to this Monday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. As you heard, Chris Yao here along with Mo Patton, J.P. Plant. Five minutes past the 10 o'clock hour as we get ready to talk about some Blue Raider sports as we do every Monday morning at this time. We appreciate the time and the insight brought to us each week by Chip Walters. And we have a have a lot to talk about because we haven't mentioned this yet, but the MTSU women have a pretty special uh, player and currently number two in the country in scoring. So really curious to talk about that. But let's do that with Chip Walters as we bring him on in, brought to you by the loss of Blake Kelly. Specializing in accident and injury law across the mid-state, give him a call, 615-305-4539, or find his Facebook or Instagram pages. Chip, welcome in. Morning, fellas. How are y'all? Man, Doing well here. That on is a, a nice sound. That was a nice <laughs> sound. What, what, are you, what are you doing differently? Anything? Uh, well, JP and I conspired and uh, using a little uh, product called Clean Feed, and... Uh, and uh that's your mouth so, chip don't give our secrets away i can yeah. t- i can tell you he sounds like he's right here next to us in the studio joining us in the studio this morning is <laughs> they'll never know the difference <laughs> apparently yeah that's that's great hey chip um interesting weekend obviously um as as chris was saying about the the lady raiders and their ace scorer split a couple of games against southern miss this past weekend they did, um, and uh, you know, you, you mentioned Anastasia Hayes right now. She does lead the nation in scoring. She's number two uh, behind Chelsea. Oh, she's number two. behind okay. Chelsea Perry of UT Martin. Oh goodness! Appa- wow. Apparently, her twenty-four <laughs> points on Sunday made her average go down too much. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> when you're scoring twenty-four and your average is going down, you know you're having a pretty good year. So. Um, and right now she's at twenty-seven point nine per game, and she's second. Uh, yeah, she's number two in the nation. And uh, uh, thanks for the update, Chris. And, Sorry, <laughs> but uh, I just but, want accuracy, know, man. Just want to show you, Mac. <laughs> you know she it, it's she's really, and I think what is the uh, her um, she has a streak going right now of. And I can't tell you exactly how many games, but where she has scored at least twenty-five, and so uh, that well, it ended on know, Sunday, <laughs> okay, or Saturday. Yeah, they played. They played Saturday, Friday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, and uh, but uh, you know she she's had uh, a huge year, and and Middle had won six in a row uh, until uh, Saturday, and. You know, one thing we're continuing to see on both the men's and women's side this year with the back-to-back games in conference uh, is is how the complexion and the and the personality of these games are so different from one day to the next. And uh, like for instance, on the men's side, uh, and, and we'll get a little deeper. There were on on Friday night there were two games that 
were thirty point games, and another that were that was a twenty five point game on Saturday. One of those that was a thirty point game on Friday was uh, same team won, but only by five. Another one, uh, same deal, was thirty, came back to five, and then the twenty five point loss turned around to a fifteen point win. So that was a forty point turnaround. That was Charlotte and. Uh, uh, whoever they played this weekend, oh, UAB. UAB, yeah, and uh, yeah, UAB won on Friday night by like thirty-five or something, and uh, came back or twenty-five, and then uh, Charlotte came back on on Saturday and won by by fifteen. Then you had uh, an FAU FIU deal where they their their travel partners, so it was not in the same location, but FIU wins or FAU wins a close game on Friday night. And then on Saturday, they beat FIU by 40. So it, it is really interesting, uh, the dynamic of, of uh, how these are, how these, you know, the, from one day to the next, uh, you know, play out. And, and tonight we have our coaches' shows, and, and, uh, and I know in ours I'll be talking with Coach McDevitt and, and just kind of, you know, talking about that in particular and about how his team, they didn't play well at all on Friday night, came back and, you know, played played really well and just in just lost a close road game against a good southern mississippi team middle falls to three and seven with those two losses at southern mm-hmm. miss chip um and i'm not exactly sure what the conference record is but they're averaging 61 just over 61 points a game i mean are, are there concerns about this team offensively at this point well yeah and that's one thing that that you know coaches has, has talked about outside of Outside of the Friday night game, Middle has been very, very good defensively. As a matter of fact, they went, they were number going into Friday night. They were number two in the nation uh, in three-point field goal defense, and but their struggles have been on offense. And and you know, I, I, I don't. There's there's no excuses, but you can look at reasons and point to factors of how how can how do some of those things happen and uh, and and I think the biggest thing we're seeing uh still are uh effects from covid from a, for a lot of teams uh middle tent middle was without Dontrell Schuler this weekend he was he comes out I guess I think maybe came out of quarantine yesterday or today but he should be available for western Kentucky but he he right now is middle's best um you know uh make your own shot kind of guy and you know uh so he was not there and 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 Jace Johnson who has been one of the first couple of guys off the bench he was uh, unable to play he was out of quarantine but not out of the uh the period that you have to have to the acclimation period, I guess, is what they call it. So they were they were without those two guys, uh, and 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 that that has, I think, game to game and week to week of who you've got and who you don't have has has had an effect on offensive efficiency. And so much of that, and so much of what Coach McDevitt's offense is about, you know, is is uh, is, is 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 timing. Uh, is is being fluid and 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 being you know good playing with each other, defense you know they have put a lot of emphasis on that because they were they were one of the worst in the country 
uh, in three-point field goal defense a year ago, and they have gotten a ton better, and they've brought down points allowed by about 10 a game from from a year ago. So the, the offense has struggled. The defense has been good uh, for the most part, but uh, it, it, it's concerning, uh, and, and, and you're still just trying to find more and more uh, you know, consistency. Like, for instance, Friday night, you got two points out of two post players, and Saturday you come back and you you get a you get twenty out of those two guys, and you're right there. So uh, it, it's it's you know coming up and kind of having a, an idea of what you're going to have game to game from an offensive output. That's you know for the coaches that's even a head scratcher. Yeah, you know we've talked about these back-to-back games and we talked about it earlier and we thought that it would be the opposite we thought that because there wouldn't be as much time to to make adjustments that uh these teams that won the first game would have an advantage in the second game but that's not been the case which is kind of odd but i want to talk about some of these transfers that we you know before the season we there were a lot of there's a lot of talk about some of these men transferring in um one that I was really excited about was Elias King, and he has been less than stellar this year, <laughs> to put it mildly. Well, I understand. You know, he he had uh, he had a, had a little bright spot the other night and and hit a couple of threes, but you know, here's a guy who played 18 minutes all of last season at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. uh, and came back and as of prior to Friday night had played 24 minutes at middle and he, he has just not been able to you know crack into the lineup to give himself more opportunities uh, you know the, the way to do that is to play defense rebound and when you get an opportunity make a shot and he had oh gosh what was he won for his first 11 or 12 for the season and I mean, you've got to give the coaching staff a reason to trust you, and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that is, you know, by number one, doing it in practice first of all, get you in the game, and then once you're in the game, you know, find a find a way to 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 make a make a mark there. Right now, looking at Elias, he is uh, four for nineteen on the season. 21% and that is you know was supposed to be his calling card so you know waiting for him he, he seems to be the light seems to be going on a little bit and uh and, and hope that comes around and I'm not sure if, I, if I've missed this but what happened with uh Dontrell Dontrell he uh Dontrell was, uh, is COVID he was he's been out he he, he was he tested positive just before last weekend's series so that knock that ended up knocking him out for uh for the FIU series and uh for this series uh, this past weekend against Southern Miss he should be back for Western Kentucky and also that'll put him good for the rest of the year that's huge because Don Trail oh, yeah. I mean he, he was the leading scorer going into conference play it still is at 11.7 he's still the leading scorer uh Jordan Davis uh right behind him is the other guy who can create a shot and uh and he had a he had a a super tough night 
uh, on Friday night just to get to, uh, with shots going down. Middle got a ton of good looks that just didn't go down on Friday night. But you're right, Dontrell being back in there, he, he gives a level of energy and an ability uh, to keep you out of keep you out of some offensive droughts. Uh, Middle had about a five-minute drought late in the first half. Uh, Friday night that saw the game go from 4 to 14 uh, between the last media timeout and, and halftime. You know, and Dontrell's that kind of guy who can put the ball in his hands and, and, and go, 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 you know, make a basket, find a way to make a basket and, and, you know, stop a run, that kind of thing. And, and he's also pretty good on ball defender as well and uh, has, you know, really good lateral movement and speed. So it'll be uh, welcoming to have him back. We're speaking with Chip Walters. He is, um, presented by the law offices of Blake Kelly, who specializes in accident and injury law. You can reach him on Facebook, you can reach him on Instagram, or you can give him a call at 615-305-4539. Chip, you mentioned um, FIU and FAU and that they are travel partners. Um, I would have thought that Middle and Western were travel partners, but that's the next series, and both those men's games will be in travel Middle and UAB. Yeah, middle and UAB are travel partners. Western and Marshall are travel partners. That makes Charlotte, all sorts of sense. Yeah, Charlotte and Old Dominion are travel partners. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, it would. I, I would prefer it to be, you know, Western. But UAB is. I mean, UAB is a good travel partner too. And uh, you know, it, it the, when you uh, in a normal year where you were going and you would play say a Charlotte on Thursday and an Old Dominion on on uh Saturday uh you know when, when, you know when, a few years ago middle and western both really good that was you know one kind of actually helped the other mm-hmm. by you know because you, you couldn't load up your scout on just one of those teams you had to if you whoever you whoever you got on Saturday didn't have a whole lot of time to get ready for you and uh and so yeah so so what uh, the travel partner tra- your travel partner games this year you do play one at each place so mm-hmm. this coming week middle plays western and we'll play both in murfreesboro one saturday afternoon at four and sunday afternoon at one o'clock uh and and one of the i think it's sunday that's on cbs sports network okay okay so we get to watch rick stansberry for 40 minutes then huh or eighty, on or, if you go, if you go, to, if you if you catch both games, if you catch them both, yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's let's not uh, let's not get overboard, guys. <laughs> hey, got a little football update for you. Ooh. Uh, the uh, I don't know if you had caught this uh, on. I guess it was Friday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Uh, on it was on social media, and obviously the university not able to uh, make any comment yet. But uh, the transfer portal mm. uh, is cranking up and it, it's the it's it's quite the little whirly gig right now hmm. across the country but uh, uh nc state quarterback bailey hockman announced that he is going to be transferring to middle as a grad transfer and he started eight games uh no started nine games uh for nc state through for 1800 yards and 12 touchdowns um so he is uh, he will be a welcome addition and 
and uh, you know, kind of has he's six two two oh five, has has the build uh, to play uh, in in what Coach Stock wants to change the offense to a little more of a pro style air raid, you know, vertical game a little bit more, and uh, so there's that one, and also on the same night, uh, Georgia offensive lineman Notori Johnson, who was a four star recruit out of high school. Uh, has played on both sides of the ball at Georgia in his first couple of years, and uh, he uh, he will be he is an, he announced that he will be transferring to Middle. So those those are kind of starting to leak out and and uh, waiting for you know how that's going to play out uh, come signing day on well right near the first part of February. So for what? Coach Stock still envisions the offense being in the aftermath of um, Tony Franklin and Asher O'Hara departing, not necessarily in that order. Um, does Hockman fit that vision better than O'Hara would have, you feel like, Chip? You know, I think so. Uh, you know, Asher is was was really good in a spread-type situation uh, that uh, allowed him to run. I think they want to, you know – the two running backs that opted out, the one from Florida State and the one from West Virginia, both, from my understanding, both are coming back. So that should shore up your your run game a bit more. And uh, and and they're happy, even though with the loss of Yusuf Ali, they're they're they like their receivers that are coming back, and they want to go to that more pro style uh, offense uh, with a. A quarterback who's not counted on to run as much, uh, you know, uh, and, and that's one thing Coach was quoted as saying: it he would like to reduce production in the run game from the quarterback slot, but you know, raise it from the running back spot. But also, uh, you know, in, instead of that, you know, eighteen hundred yard passer, have the twenty eight hundred yard passer, and uh, and 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 and. Play a little more downhill mm-hmm. in the passing game than side to side. Okay. Sounds right. good. Yep. Sure. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. I know we're about to wrap up, but uh, today is a special day, as as you all know. And I wanted to bring up a little story here. Um, it being Martin Luther King Day, and uh, you know, I think it's especially important this year with uh, a lot of uh, what we went through during the summer and are and you know i'm not sure you know we are always uh looking to do better and be better but i think sports a lot of times is where we can look to uh, you know see a more uh you know where relations are are very good uh because uh i've heard several coaches talk about you want to learn what it's like to you know have to where that line is not really there is go into a locker room whether it's a football locker room a basketball locker room whatever the the teammates count on each other but during the years when Kermit was here in in Murfreesboro you know we always we do the coaches shows on Monday night and we always had one that fell on uh, Martin Luther King Day and and Kermit would always tell the story about you know a a major step uh, you know in his family's life came uh when his dad 
Kermit Sr. played uh, at Mississippi State. Hmm. And in 1963, the year I was born, the governor of Mississippi, Ross Barnett, told uh, Mississippi State and the basketball team that they could not play in the NCAA tournament. They were ranked in the top five in the country, but they could not play because Loyola of Chicago had uh, had African-Americans on their team. Well, uh, Mississippi State's basketball program and the university president took a, ma- a bold step and said, you know, we're going to do the right thing and play the game. And, and, and the president basically told Babe McCarthy and said, you get on the bus, you all make a run for the Tennessee state line and play this game in Memphis. And that's exactly what they did. And, uh, and you know, and, and then when, when Kermit's dad was, was coach at Mississippi State, uh, uh, Kermit Sr. Uh, was the first uh, – he, he had five uh, black starters. And he said, you know, the, the phone calls that came to their house were, you know, unfathomable. But – you know, it really, uh, you know, showed him that, you know, we can be better and we can we can do better and we can do better through sport a lot of times and and uh, and again like on a day like today it's always good to remember that story and and uh, know that while while we're not where we need to be we have come a long way. The rest of that story, Chip, is that 1963 Loyola team had two guys from Nashville on it: Les Hunter yes, and Vic Rouse. Exactly both from Pearl High School, and they, um, Loyola won the national championship that year. Yep, exactly. And, and then you talk about Pearl. Uh, while that was a big thing for uh, race relations, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of opened the door a little bit, what was it, two years later, three years later, 1965 or 66? 66. The, the, famous, the famous game at Municipal Auditorium between Pearl and Father Ryan. That was 65. I'm sorry. I thought you were going the following year, 66, when Kentucky and well, UTEP Texas played Western, for uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Texas Western, exactly. excuse me, played for yeah, the national that, championship. That, yeah. Exactly, and, that, and that, was, that was a huge statement. The Mississippi State thing kind of goes under the radar when compared to Kentucky and Texas Western, but, you know, in, in this state, you know, the, the, one of the real breakthroughs was, you know, the, the sellout at Municipal mm-hmm. Auditorium with Pearl and, and Ryan. And Ryan, absolutely. And Willie Brown, uh, who, you know, you had who Pearl, which middle. was basically it was an all Pearl was an all black school. Perry Wallace played for Pearl, mm-hmm. and then you had Willie Brown, who played for Ryan, who played at Middle. So that that was uh, you know that one had long standing uh, you know ramifications for a lot of folks. Absolutely, Both schools, Vandy, uh, Middle, and you know the Southeastern Conference and the Ohio Valley Conference. Chip Walters dropping knowledge, as always. Here on 1017. Chip, um, brought to us by the law offices of Blake Kelly, who specializes in accident and injury law. Again, you can find Blake on Facebook, you can find him on Instagram, or you can give him a call at 615-305-4539. Chip, thank you again for joining us, as you do every morning, every Monday morning. Um, really appreciate your time. Appreciate it, boys. Y'all have a good day. Thank you, sir.